Every one of the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, describes what we now celebrate on Easter Sunday, the resurrection of Jesus. In fact, it's why these books or letters were written to the church. Death is not the end of the story, but life, and life everlasting. So every preacher has a choice to make on Easter. Which text to preach from? Matthew 28, Mark 16, Luke 24, John 20. Well, this year I've selected John 11, naturally. Truly, you can preach Jesus from any passage of Scripture, but I go off script for a few reasons today. Number one, as a church, we've been reading through the four Gospels as our primary text in 2020, and we're going to continue. We desire to be followers of Jesus, not only believers in Jesus. So we need to know what he taught, but also how he lived his life. So we've been reading a gospel a month. Most of you are probably just reading one chapter a day. Great. Maybe if you're not yet reading, you'll join us. We've read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and now it's April, the fourth month, so we're in John. We'll start over again in Matthew in May. If you're reading one chapter a day, then you read John 11 yesterday. So that's reason number one I chose to teach this text this Easter. Reason number two, and this is personal. This past week, I sat by my dad's sickbed and watched him slowly die. Seven days of not eating or drinking before his body finally perished. And no, it had nothing to do with COVID-19. My dad had been battling Parkinson's for 12 years. Whether 12 years or seven days, my dad was sick and slowly dying. And there was plenty of time for Jesus to show up and to heal him. And countless prayers over the years from so many who loved him deeply. But Jesus didn't come. He let him die. That's reason number two why I'm preaching from John 11 this morning. Find a Bible and flip to John 11 if you're not there already. I won't read the whole account. It's a long chapter. So I want you to have it before you. We'll work our way through it and jump around a little bit. If you're watching this live, you can click the Bible icon and navigate to John 11 that way. It's pretty neat. Although I bet many of you prefer the hard copy version laid out before you. So here we go. John 11, verse 1, up until verse 4. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. So the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Lazarus would die. Jesus let him die. So what did he mean by this illness does not lead to death? Was Jesus wrong? Or did he have a perspective that we don't have. Lazarus would die, and yet he would live. Illness would not get the final word. Aren't we desperate for this kind of hope, this kind of perspective, this good news? Illness and death do not have the final word? That's reason number three why I'm led to preach from John 11 today. This is the primary message that Jesus came to preach this is the perspective he wants to open our eyes to. This world and this life is not all there is. There's so much more. Skip down to verse 21 with me. Jesus finally arrives to Mary and Martha's four days 
later. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Now, Jesus didn't mean that these bodies we find ourselves confined to now will live forever. In fact, they must pass away, that we might be raised unto true life. No, Jesus was saying that for those who believe in him, death has no sting. Illness will not have the final word. Now, this is why I can stand here and preach and celebrate this Easter in the same week that my dad's body died because his soul has risen unto life. So what we really need is his perspective. Let me clarify something I said a moment earlier. It's not that Jesus didn't show up and heal my dad. He showed up at the exact right time. April 8th at 7 a.m., he showed up and brought him to heaven. Ultimate healing. Life through death. Psalm 116.15 says, Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of one of his saints. So that's Jesus' perspective. And may it become ours. Is there anything we need more in a time of uncertainty like this? With the frailty, when the, with the frailty of life is palpable for everyone. That Jesus conquers sickness and death. Our perspective can be so limited that we believe Jesus is absent or impotent or uncaring or that he is wrong. Jesus, if you had been here, this would not have happened. Don't you feel that? Imagine those days leading up to Lazarus' death. And perhaps even worse, the four days that Jesus waited to come even after he had heard. He didn't send them a text or an email saying, I'm on my way. He didn't post on their feed. It's all going to be fine. Trust me. Imagine Mary and Martha wondering, doubting even, wondering if Jesus wasn't really who they thought he was. Now, some of you don't have to imagine what that feels like at all. You've been there. You are there. It's not four days. It's been months in your experience, years. Well, would you let this account, these four days, be at least a microcosm? That Jesus has not left. Jesus is not unaware. I don't know what he will do. But he has the power to heal and the passion to heal. And the love to rescue and to deliver. Spiritually and maybe even physically. In fact, though he seemed absent to Mary and Martha, he was very present. In fact, though he seemed impotent, he had power over sickness and death. In fact, though... They wondered if he truly cared. He deeply cared. He wept with them. In fact, he loved them so much. That's why he waited. Wait a minute. What? Back to verse 5. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. He didn't do what they wanted, but he did what they needed. That's so vital for us to understand. 
the perspective of God. He loved them too much to not grow their faith in this incredible way. By the way, he was also up to something to bring glory to God the Father and to foreshadow what was even yet to come in the greatest story of all. Now, it appears that the journey to get to Lazarus took two days so that by the time Jesus arrived, not only was he dead, he had been in the tomb for four days. Verse 17. Now, when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now, if we were the authors of this story, it wouldn't have been written like this. And then again, neither would we have written that God himself would come and enter into this world as a baby to a teenage virgin from Nowheresville, that God in the flesh would be rejected by his very people to the point that they crucified him. And nor would we have written the end of the story, that after days in the tomb, Jesus would rise again. Death would not win. Let's jump ahead to verse 38 now. Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me today. We'll jump down to where he calls out in verse 43, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Let me paraphrase. Though you died, Lazarus, yet you shall live. Death cannot hold you. I am setting you free. Behold the glory and the power of God. Incredible story. In John's gospel, this is the turning point of the whole story. It's perhaps the penultimate moment. The first ten chapters focus on the life and the ministry of Jesus, and the final ten are centered on the Passion Week, the final week of his life leading up to the crucifixion and the resurrection, which much of that time being a time in the upper room with his disciples. So by way of transition, John foreshadows what is coming for Jesus, just merely days away, by describing this incredible event, a man rising from the dead. So for those of you that know the rest of the story, what we're celebrating on Easter, the foreshadowing should be clear. The sickness of men would also kill Jesus. But sickness would not have the last word. Jesus, too, would be wrapped in linens and laid in a tomb for days. But death would not hold him. He too would rise again. But not just to the amazement of those who believe, but to the salvation of all who believe. So again, I'll say, I think John 11 is the perfect passage for Easter Sunday, at least this year. Jesus said to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. This is the heart of the gospel, the primary message Jesus came to preach. And John teaches it in such a beautiful way. It reaches not just our minds, but our hearts. And the very question that he asked this woman named Martha, he asks to us this morning, 
Do you believe this? Our answer is a matter of life and death. And if Jesus can bring healing to the physically sick, do we not have reason to believe that he can also bring spiritual healing to the sick of heart? If he can give life to the physically dead, do we not have reason to believe and hope that he will bring life to the spiritually dead? Apart from Jesus, we are all spiritually dead. That's what the Apostle Paul taught in his letter to the Ephesian church, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 and following. And you were dead in your sins, in which you once walked, following the course of this world. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. For by grace you have been saved. And he's raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. What Jesus did for his friend Lazarus gives hope to all who believe. We too, though we die, yet we will live because of Christ. He calls out to us, rise up. We've been bound by earthly things, but Jesus unbinds us and sets us free. We may be spiritually dead now, though we breathe and though we move. Yet we will be made alive, not only on some future day, but here and now. That the full and eternal life that Christ offers has already begun if we have believed. Jesus is the resurrection. And that gives us hope, despite the worst this world might throw at us. Despite death itself, do you believe? For many of us, we can say with Martha, Yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. It's such a powerful confession. It's quite equal with Peter's confession in Matthew 16, when Jesus asked his disciples, Who do you say I am? There was much confusion about who he was. And Peter responded rightly, You are the Christ, the Son of God, the one who fulfills all that God has spoken. Now for some... We'll say that again. We'll make that confession. In fact, maybe that should be a daily confession confession of who he is and therefore who we are. Now for some, perhaps today you will join Martha and these disciples and millions of others in our world today who have found that Jesus truly is the life giver as he promised. Do you want to become a follower of Jesus? Jesus, the resurrection and the life. There is no better day than today, Easter Sunday, 2020. In the midst of a global pandemic, Jesus heals you, rescues you, delivers you. If you're watching this service live online, would you please click this button that says live prayer and someone will pray with you to affirm and to encourage what God might be doing in your life right now. Finally, Remember that Jesus didn't end his declaration at resurrection, though that was enough, more than we ever deserve. Yet he added, I am the resurrection and the life. Do you believe this? Jesus, the life, the fullness and fulfillment of all God's promises, the one who restores all that has been lost and broken. If we encounter him, he will encounter, we will encounter physical healing potentially, but spiritual healing, absolutely. And perhaps both. Both are his desire for us. Life in Jesus is not just for one day, 
the day that we die, but for right now, today, let us believe in him, not just for what he offers later, but for what he desires to give now. See, that's where Mary and Martha's faith fell a bit short and needed to grow. They were not believing or hoping for him to intervene, to rescue, to restore, to renew in their current circumstances. It was impossible for them to believe. And I'll ask you, what have you given up praying about? Jesus is simply not showing up. Or what have you maybe never prayed about because it's just not possible? And I'm not talking about some kind of earthly affluence. I'm talking about something deeper, bigger, in accordance with the heart of Jesus. A rescue, a renewal, a redemption, a healing a wholeness, a joy, and a hope. And I invite you to not give up. Jesus may well be on his way. The work he wants to do may not be what we want, but it may be what we need, and maybe even bigger, what the world needs to see. So to all of you Marthas out there, me too, do you believe this? And if the answer is yes, not only is our future secure, but our present is transformed. How we live, how we pray, how we believe, it will change forever. Jesus, you alone are the resurrection and the life. You alone conquer sickness and death. We are eternally grateful. And today on this Easter Sunday, we are once again hopeful. So church, We have much to celebrate. Let's praise God together now through song. If you have gathered bread and wine or juice, then feel free to partake together. Give thanks for what Jesus has done and is doing and has promised is yet to come.